Welcome to the Business Intuition Podcast, the place where you can learn to trust your intuition to make business decisions without having to meditate for hours, wear crystals, or give up on coffee or wine. You don't have to leave your IQ at the door. Embrace intuitive intelligence to create a business that lights you up and finally experience the success that you deserve. Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode of the um, Intuition Revolution. And today I have the pleasure of having Katie Allen as a guest. So, Katie, um, can you introduce yourself to our listeners? Absolutely. So, um, so my name is Katie. I am a certified health and life coach and I help women learn to love themselves and love their bodies. And um, I'm Canadian and I am based in Australia right now. So it is, I am tanned. It is the summer, even though I know, and for you, it is cold oh, yeah. and it's the winter. <laughs> Snow, <laughs> snow forecast today, but nothing like Canada anyway. It's like yeah. just a little nothing, nothingness. Yeah. <laughs> right. And how long have you been doing what you're doing? Um, I have been a coach since 2017 is mm-hmm. when I started. Yeah. And I started with health coaching and then I'd say probably eight or nine months in, I realized that all of my health coaching skills could be used with sort of like body image and self-love stuff. And it's because that was my own personal story that I was really passionate about. I very quickly transitioned into that. So you've already answered my question, what led you into that? But tell me more about your personal story, because that's what led you to that. Yeah. 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 Um, So... I guess it depends how much detail you want, but basically, um, you can give us as much detail as you want <laughs> or as little is, is entirely up to you. But okay. I would say, I would say let's, um, how much do you think people who are listening to us would like to know hmm. at this point? So, I mean, I think it's important to say, you know, I was, I've always been in a bigger body. I was a fat kid. I was the fat kid. I was bullied as a young child. Um, I was incredibly insecure as a teenager. I felt just awful. I used to, believe it or not, I used to wear big baggy clothes and no makeup. And I used to try to hide, you know, not be seen. And I was very quiet, a little bit different to how I am now. I was very, very quiet. And I was just, I was really ashamed of who I was. I was ashamed of what I looked like. I mean, I grew up watching my mom go on, you know, Weight Watchers and all these different diets and struggle with her body. And, and so I sort of took all that on myself. And in my 20s, I got into some really unhealthy relationships and some really bad habits. And um, sort of through my own journey, I learned to love myself and um, sort of accepted my body and learned to appreciate my body and it's, it's a relationship, right? So it's ongoing, it's a lifelong thing. But the fact that I now, as a woman who is still in a sort of a larger body, larger than what society would like, or larger than what society says is like uh, normal or desirable, the fact that I can look at myself and really truly say like, I love myself and I love my body. That's a powerful thing. And I want that for everybody. We all deserve it. Absolutely. 
What mm. would you say was the turning point in that relationship with your body? What, what was the awakening point? What was when, when you started loving yourself, no matter what? I would say there was, I don't think there was one. I think there's sort of been like some hiccups that sort of propelled me forward on that journey. Um, I would say that one was I lost my mom when I was 20 years old. Um, she died unexpectedly. She wasn't sick or anything. It was very sudden. And that was, of course, hugely traumatic and life changing. Um, but it also taught me very young that life is short. And it taught me very young that you don't get to redo things and we don't get to go back in time and change things and all you have is now. So that was that, that was the beginning for me. Um, and then in my late 20s, what I would have been 27, I bought a plane ticket to travel to Australia solo as a backpacker. And I'd always wanted to do it. And one day I just took the leap and I did it. And that trip taught me how strong I am, how resilient I am. I did things that I never thought I would do, you know, went snorkeling on the Great Barrier Reef and hiked up, you know, waterfalls and just did all these things in my body that I want it, even though I look different from everybody else, my body's really amazing and it can do all of these things. And um, so there, there was sort of, I don't know that there was like one thing that was about my body. I was in a really nasty relationship for a while um, with somebody who did not respect me and did not see me and did not see me as worthy. Um, and I, so I think part of it actually was a bit of rebellion against that too. Like I am worthy and I do deserve to be seen. So yeah, <laughs> it's a few things. The, the things we have to go through sometimes to wake up, don't we? Yeah, I'm absolutely. sorry for your loss for your mom. That must have been really, really hard, especially at, yeah. such, at such a tender age. Yes. But I admire you that you've been able to see the gift in it. Yeah. I have yeah. a cousin, not that I'm going to detract from you because this is all about you, but I have a cousin who lost his dad when he was 17. And almost within months of his dad's death, he was able to tell me, actually, I know this is a good thing because if my dad was still alive, I wouldn't be able to be me. And I was like in awe of him. I was a couple of years older than him. He's my little cousin. I was like, I can't believe this guy. This, this, I would say child at 17 is so wise. I just looked at him and I was like, oh my God. And I'm not saying this to compare anyone to him and you or for people who have not found the golden in I suppose, or diamond in the, in the rubbish, but um, yeah. it's still something that still, yeah, I'm still in awe of people who are able to do that. So yeah, I, I, I always, I always like to say that I only had my mom for 20 years, but though she was amazing. She was my best friend. She was my support system. She was my role model. We could not have had a better relationship, I don't think, if we tried. And I mean, some people have their mothers for 60 years and they have horrible relationships the whole time. And I know, I know, I've heard, I've heard you speak about it. And, yeah. and I mean, I only had my mom for such a short time, but I could not have had a better mother. And I mean, yes, it was absolutely horrible losing her. And I'm so lucky that I had her. So, I mean, yeah. I can't. If I had to choose one or the other, I'd, cho I'd, I'd choose what I got, really. Well, I actually know I chose my mother, 
but <laughs> that's for a whole no other story <laughs> because I can see the blessing of having had a mother that wasn't mothering, that wasn't nurturing because just like with your relationship, that was pretty horrid. It taught me a lot about what I didn't want in a relationship, what I didn't want to be as a mother. And um, yeah. it enabled me to be an even better mother and to have compassion for other people who have not been in healthy relationship with their parents but yeah let's let's move on because that's again it's not about me I like digressions though it's still interesting I'm sure <laughs> so the next question I love to ask my guests and I want you to be completely candid and honest here is do you consider yourself intuitive and there's no right or wrong answer here <laughs> <laughs> um okay so my initial answer really wants to be no and I also am in the, I'm in the process of discovering that, but, but innately, if you just say, if I had to pick yes or no, I would actually say no. Yep. And for me, for decades, it was exactly the same, mm -hmm. exactly the same. So I can, I can relate. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners would relate as well. Um, because somehow, I don't know if that's the case for you, but I used to put intuitive people and psychic people on a pedestal like so far, far away from me. Like they could do everything. They could talk to angels. They could see things. They could, everything. It was like, pfft. and I thought they were also perfect people, which they're not. So <laughs> there's all that story going on. And, um, but what I want to say to this, even though not to you, because I know we know that you've, you've started your journey in recovering or rediscovering your intuition, but what I want to say is that we are all born intuitive. So it stays there. It might be buried deep, 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 deep inside because our, our logical mind took over completely because that's the only thing that has been nurtured through all these years of being, uh, you know, education and parenting and everything. It's the mind. It's only the mind and the logical and the intellect that is fed. And sometimes even not our bodies have looked after that well. It's just everything is about thinking and how well you think and how far you can go in your studies and all that. So no wonder our intuition is like bottom of the pile. And, and you know, it's like a muscle that hasn't been used in decades for us, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Or if we are using it, we don't even know we're using it. Yeah, I, th I, think, for, I think for myself, I think that's actually what a lot of it is. But yeah, yeah it's, if, you, if you don't use it or if you don't consciously use it, how, how do you know how? And you don't know how strong you are either. I like this. Um, I don't know if you've seen Wally, uh, the, the cartoon. Um, but at one point, you know, they're in this big spaceship and uh, because they've rubbished the whole earth and they have to leave. And, and they all have these little hovering um, seats so they don't have to walk anymore. And so their legs after generation and generation, they don't have much legs and arms or they don't need to use their muscles. So they're literally like wobbly people on these hover, hovering seats and they just order things that come to them. They don't have to do much to, to get anything. And I, liked, I liken it to the intuition because if we had been put on these seats and hover all around and never have to use our intuition, of course we wouldn't be able to use our legs. And at one point in the film, one of the... Um, characters these little almost legless and armless characters falls off their seat and they can't do anything anymore <laughs> and uh, I can't remember exactly what happens in that scene but that's exactly how I feel about intuition that we've been put in these wheelchairs where we've been told don't use your intuition don't be ridiculous we have these hover things it's it's, it's no use you're using your intuition uh, you're being just backwards 
you know, the future yeah. is this hovering board. Don't use your legs. And, and as a consequence, we have them, but we don't know how to use them. And they're very, very weak. Yeah. So I often have this image pop in my mind whenever I talk about intuition, because I think it's so vivid and it's so true. And if we had in our education system um, teachings about intuition, then we would be much rounded people. We would be fully blossoming, you know, like intuition and intelligence combined. I call it inter intuitive intelligence anyway. Uh, so that was a bit of a digression again. <laughs> <laughs> I love the visual though, because I think sometimes intuition is one of those for many people, it's very intangible, yeah. you know, like it, it is hard to sort of put your finger on. Um, but that vi I have seen that movie and I do know what you're talking about. I remember the scene from Wally where the guy fell off the board. That, yeah. that is like a green chair. But I, I, I've, I agree with you. I really do. It's, it's like we've just been told, oh, you don't need it. Oh, you don't need it. Oh, no, just or use your brain. Ridiculed, plainly ridiculed. And yeah. I know as a child for me, because I had, I could, I could see through people basically, which got me into so much trouble with adults in particular. I could see through them. And my mum was my first, the first person who hated me because of that, because I could see through her and she couldn't stand it. And so I, everywhere I went, I was ridiculed because the adults didn't want to be caught out by me looking at them. Even I didn't say a word, they knew I knew. And that's yeah. how it started for me to be, you know, like, don't use your legs because you're going to show me that I'm doing something wrong here. <laughs> and I don't want you to say that. Or, but if you think about the, the, the number of times that a parent will be sad and they're telling their kids, no, I'm not sad. Don't be silly. I'm okay. Or when you know, we, we lie all the time, even if it's a white lie. And even if it's because we think it's not appropriate, if, <clears throat> but children can feel it, even if they don't, you know, they, they can feel it because they can feel energy. And then, they learn not to take cues from people's energy and rather take cues from their words. And that's how they get super confused. And that's how later on in life, they can be manipulated mentally into things by people who are manipulative. And that's what puts them in danger. That's my feeling that if every child had their intuition tuned in, um, you know, turned on and that they honored it and trusted it, I don't think child abuse could exist anymore honestly mm. or it would be reduced dramatically because they would yeah. feel there's something wrong but they would feel validated in it if that makes any sense yeah anyway that's that's going to be on the heavy side of intuition but i still think it's super super important and i remember like my my mum told me that when i was a little baby one of my aunts if she literally walked into the room i would start crying as a baby and i never liked that aunt <laughs> <laughs> forever ever and I would always kind of cringe away from her until I I was in my 30s I still didn't like her but I started to understand her better and it's actually only a few years before she died that we made friends so to speak but just because I could see how her interaction with her own kids as well and it made me super uncomfortable mm. um you know she had a difficult childhood so she was also a difficult mum, but I could feel the energy right away. I knew it. And even with that, before I could put words onto it. But if you're constantly told off for it, and I think a lot of kids are, then you switch it off or you ignore it or you don't want to hear from it. And then it creates this cycle where 
you only need, hear it if it's negative and if it, and you don't want to because then that means that you're going to know something that either you're not supposed to know or something bad that's going to happen that you don't really want to hear about so it's this vicious circle it's almost like our society is is creating this taboo and at the same time anyway yeah so we are here to change this with the intuition revolution. Let's do it. So my question for you is, um, how do you receive your intuition? Even though you, um, don't, you don't have to say you're intuitive, but you still are. So how do you receive it? How do you think you receive it? For me, it's just a, it's just a knowing. So I know, like I, I've heard you speak about the clairs, how there's, you know, like some people see things or some people hear things or... I've never experienced anything like that. For me, it's just, it feels like it's just coming from my gut. Mm. It's, it's just like a, it's just an internal feeling is I guess the best way I can describe yeah. it. And a knowing is very valid. There is actually um, a form of intuition that is just knowing and you know, you don't know how you know it, but you still know it. Mm. And that can be very confusing as well. <laughs> <laughs> and hard to spot because you think you're making things up how do I know this if your mind kicks in then it's going to start to try to deconstruct it and say well, well yeah. yeah I think that's exactly what's what's happened with me it's that you deconstruct it you start questioning it you think no this is just my old fears as a coach I can tell you especially understanding how we create stories and belief systems I'm like no this is just some story this is just some belief system instead of just witnessing it and accepting it. So it's like this whole complex thing happening inside my head. Yeah, and I can, yeah. I'm, I'm a knower as well. So I know exactly, I, I mean, I, I doubt, doubt is my kryptonite and I live with it constantly. Even now having 15 years experience in the field, I still question and doubt my intuition every day. Yeah. That knowing thing. But what I love as well about it is that I know it's really annoying, but I know that's how I can help people who experience that the best. And that's the majority of people. The majority of people don't get any of the clears, they just know. And, yeah. and that's why I wanna start this revolution so that people know that even if they know, and my kids do that, they say, oh, I just know. And a parent normally would say, no, you don't know. Prove it, or you know, where does that come from? But I just let them, I honor them and say, okay, you know show me maybe yes. I want to know what you know right right oh your kids are going to be so like they're starting at such an advantage having that as just like it's just accepted that's awesome yeah really. and uh, thank you um it's it's a balancing act as well because I want them to I don't want them to be a hundred percent intuitive um, I don't want to go the other way you know the pendulum going full whack so I want them to use their mind but also to tune into their bodies and then make that make it work together so yeah. it's never been done it's never been done in my house so I don't know if I'm doing it right but I'm trying <laughs> that's all I can say right so you have at least one if not two powerful stories related to your intuition that you're happy yeah. to share today so which one would you like to start with first um let's start with when I didn't listen to my intuition because as somebody who does not identify as intuitive it wasn't until long afterwards where I looked back and I went oh that's what that was and um so okay so to tell you the story so this happened last year it was in 2020 
sort of right near sort of the, the beginning of, you know, the pandemic and the world shutting down. And I had been looking for mindset support. I knew that in my business, I was sort of struggling with some mindset issues and I was looking to hire a coach. I wanted to work with somebody to overcome some of my limiting beliefs. And so I was just sort of keeping an eye on things. And there was somebody who I had been aware of on social media for quite some time who had really like um, strong marketing is, is the best way for me to put it. Very, like very masculine, very in your face, very sort of pushy, pushy, pushy. But she also talked about how she got her, you know, her clients were having these great results and she was a mindset coach, specifically what she did. Her clients were having these great results and these big aha moments. And, and we talked and I just had such a gut feeling that I should not work with this person, that her tactics did not, weren't for me and that this pushiness wasn't for me. But all her words, all her marketing what, did its job. And I signed up and I ended up working with her. I did a, a three-month one-on-one coaching program. It was the most expensive one-on-one coaching program I have ever spent money on and got no results. Like, oh no, like, no, like no, nothing, no difference at all. You know, our coaching calls were like, she's a lovely person. And I would never badmouth her to anybody, but it was kind of just like chatting with a friend. There was no sort of powerful coaching conversations. She didn't help me rewrite those belief stories. She didn't really sort of do much um, as a coach. And it was only afterwards that I looked back and I went, you knew that this was going to happen, but you didn't listen. This can be painful lessons. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. so you have invested quite a lot of money in your intuition already then haven't you by not listening to it I suppose I have that way (laughs) (laughs) I suppose I have yeah yeah but I I I think like that's a I needed to learn that lesson because Mm -hmm. even though I may not have gotten the mindset support that I thought I was investing in what I got was listen to your gut because you know the answer so it's a price tag yeah yeah yeah, it's a big price for that, but hey. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But then I think it led you to other experiences, didn't it? It did. Trusting it did. yourself I... more. And how, how valuable is trust? Well, yeah, I mean, that's priceless, really, mm. at the end of the day. And even though, you know, I'm, I know we're talking about business and entrepreneurship and all of this, of course, these lessons extend all throughout life. They, they apply to, to everything. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> so what was your second experience then? So the second experience is when I did listen to my intuition. And this one has a much happier, a much Ending? happier. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in January of uh, 2021, last month, month before we're recording this, um, I created a summit called the Body Peace Summit. And this came about because um, back when I first started my coaching training, it was 2017. And one of my coaches at my school, she said, you know what, 
you would be great. You should host a summit. You would be so good interviewing people. And you're like, you know, you just have the personality for it and you have this and you have that. And of course, at that time, I literally didn't know anything. I think I'd had like, you know, two lessons on how to be a coach. I didn't understand anything. And I just sort of froze and I went, I, I can't do that. I can't do that. I never forgot about it, but it just got put on the back burner. Um, and then it was probably September, maybe October of 2020. And I was chatting with a friend who um, also is, she's, she's an intuitive business coach. She actually um, works in very similar ways to you. And we were just chatting and she said, Katie, have you ever thought about creating a summit? And I was like, um, kind of, why? She said, I just, I'm getting a feeling. I'm, I'm just, it's just something, it just came up. I'm just getting a feeling. I just, I felt like I needed to say that. And I just, okay, that's fine. And we carried on with our conversation. But once she said it out loud again, it's like it flicked a switch inside of me. Something, so, something said, you need to do this. You need to do this. And it didn't make any sense logically. If I just used my brain, I never would have done it. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean, all, all of my sort of other business training and my mentors and everybody says that doing a summit is sort of when you're farther down the track and you're doing these things and doing these things. And, but I just knew, I just thought, you know what? I need to do this. I want to do this. And from start to finish within four weeks, I had planned out the entire summit, worked out all of the tech interviewed I interviewed all of my speakers ahead of time um so it was not a it wasn't run live um I had done all the interviews done all of the editing put the entire platform together done the sales um page within four weeks like it was like this monumental thing and it was fun like I loved doing that it was I woke up every morning thinking like, what do I get to do today? How else do I get to bring this summit to life today? And um, I had, my, my goal was to have 125 women um, attend the, um, we had a four day, it wasn't really live, but it was like the, the launch where it was sort of rolled out. And my goal was 125 women. And even that I felt like, oh, is this too big of a goal? Anyway, in the end, we ended up getting 155 was our final Whoa. number and it just, and everything went off. Just, it could not have gone better. And all the feedback that I got was positive and everybody loved it. And I've had so many people tell me that, you know, it's changed their lives. Honestly, like it, 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 you know, I've, I've signed up for it and I yeah. bought the pass and I can tell you no one could ever organize that in four weeks. No one else, but you because you followed your intuition. And if you don't mind me sharing, this is how I wrote my first book. Um, uh, I had never written a book in English, alone publish it, that it was mm -hmm. 2009. And I went to see a friend who does readings like I did back then. And she yeah. said, um, I, was, I was coming to her um, because I'd written, I had written a book in English, but not published it. It was just like in my mind because I had had a 10, 10 year a writer's block and mm -hmm. I had just started writing my book and I wanted to make sure I was on the right track and she said to me no this is not the book you're supposed to write you need to write a book about slimming which I was had no interest in like zero interest in slimming or helping people with slim or feeling better about their bodies or anything like that 
and 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 she said it was September and she said and it has to be out by December and it was so I can really relate and back then I didn't think it was my intuition because it's someone else told me but the difference what I can hear and what you're saying is that the first time you weren't ready the second time you were ready and it's almost like your intuition gave you an outside sign from someone else and and then you knew in your body by hearing it I have to do this yeah just like I knew when that book uh, was mentioned to me I have to do this even though I didn't want to which is a bit different than you because you did want to but I didn't want to I was like no (laughs) no this is a big fat no (laughs) but then I drove back home on the way from my friend and I thought okay I do trust her I do trust um you know the universe a bigger purpose whatever and then I could Mm -hmm. see from the energy just like what you've just explained to me that the universe conspired for this book to happen and I literally bumped into two ladies who I had as clients who were English teachers who could help me are you do you have a, a commitment with time I'm just checking. Um, no, I'm sorry. There's a very loud frog sitting <laughs> okay. on the window right beside me. And I'm, and I'm trying to see who he is. Because I don't know if you can hear him in the microphone. No, but he's... no I can't hear the frog. <laughs> but maybe there's a sign for you there. <laughs> I don't know. Look, look at it later. And so, um, yeah, the, the universe conspired because I had two clients that I was actually doing volunteer work for who had cancer, who happened to, one was a, a, um, an, actually a, a published author. And the other one was an English teacher, which I absolutely needed because English is not my native language. And then I bumped into another lady who had published her book, who gave me all the details because back then it was much harder to publish books um, in 2009. So I can mm-hmm. see exactly this is a parallel story to mine with my book. And yet I want to say this just to see what your take is on your uh, experience. I was highly disappointed by the results because after all this happening so well, I didn't know how to sell my book. And it, it felt like, um, almost like, a, what do you say? There's a word for this. Um, like, well, why did I do this? What's the point? The results that I got didn't match what I expected to happen because mm-hmm. I had a very set idea of, oh, well, if I follow my intuition, this and this and this and this and this would happen. Mm-hmm. And that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we get something that doesn't look quite like what we think we would but there's something much better coming along the way that we haven't seen yet so after one of these events you can actually have a massive slump in your experience mindset or whatever it is and I've had it repetitively since so now I know how it works and the slump is not my intuition the slump is what did I expect from it what were my expectations and were they realistic or were they um too tunnel visioned yeah. because well I, I want to hear what you have what, what you how you feel about that just I'm curious um, I would say very similar to you yeah yeah very very similar I had this idea going into the summit that I would um because the summit like it's available evergreen right like there's an all-access pass that I have and I thought oh people are just going to see the value in it and they're going to love it and then I'm going to sell I, I didn't have a number but you know, I'm going to sell a whole bunch of these passes and I'm going to make money back. And then I, I was also selling a group program off the back of that. And I was hoping to get 10 women into that program. I'm going to easily fill that program and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. And it ended and I've sold a few of the passes, but not many. And that group program never ended up coming to fruition. And so, yes, very similar of like, uh, what do I do now? 
Um, so, and this is also for our listeners, because I think it's really important. If you have that sort of experience, then you might think, oh, I don't want to follow my intuition anymore. This is such, such hard work. It wasn't hard work, actually. It was a lot of fun. Same for me. Writing that book was so fun. I mean, I didn't even, it didn't even feel like effort. Yeah. Um, so I want our listeners to understand that our intuition sees the bigger picture. So you want short-term results, but your intuition knows you can have much better long-term results that is going to lead to something that is going to lead to something else. Like for example, with my book, I didn't know how to sell books. I didn't know how to sell anything. I had no ideas about sales, but was it three years later, I signed up an agent for it. Mm. Like in an instant. And then again, it had a disappointing uh, result, but it was because I was supposed to learn another lesson and another lesson, and another lesson. And, and that's what made me today. So yeah. running your business with intuition, not to say that you should ignore your intellect. It has to be both. It has that sort of imp- unpredictable quality to it that you have to release control. And if anybody says, oh, I don't really don't want to do that. I've run a business before. It was super effective. It was super successful. I had loads of money. The option's not here anymore for that. Because with COVID, we've completely shifted the energy of the planet. And now only the businesses that are um, tuned in, tapped on, and that are here to serve, that have a bigger purpose, almost like a spiritual purpose, are going to Mm -hmm. thrive. So... You might have seen a lot of people who were successful in the past that are going to experience something completely different because we're all asked to recalibrate. Mm -hmm. And so we're almost like the pioneers of that wave. And it can be difficult because we can beat ourselves up about the fact that we are not as successful as others and why don't we get the results? But I know that from now on, it's the only way anyway. Anything else will just be a short-term gain rather than a long-term one, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. So, and that doesn't mean at all that we're not going to have a lot of success from everything that we do uh, in two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, whatever it is. It's just that we have to be in this energy of release, uh, of releasing control and of trusting and of having faith and, mm-hmm. and not hang on to the results to get that that and and it's so frustrating (laughs) I don't know if it's the same for you um yeah um but at the same time look how much fun you had and and you don't know where where the next step's going to be and what it just you have to tune back in and ask your intuition so what next and what yeah what next now yeah yeah. Does that well, make sense? I, 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 don't, I don't know if I've sold intuition too well to my, our, our listeners, but I think it makes a lot of sense to me. <laughs> I think, so I want to say, well, first off, you used the word recalibrate. After this project, you have to like recalibrate. And I, I really like that word because I feel like I'm literally doing that right now. I'm coming off that summit. It was very recent. You know, it was what, five weeks ago, six weeks ago, something like that, not very long, maybe not even that long. And so I feel like I'm very much just sort of, I'm learning the lessons and I'm re- and I can already see in my mindset, in my goal setting, in my actions that I'm taking, how that summit has changed how I'm operating. It's changed how I'm speaking. It's changed my messaging, which I know will change my business. So I 
100% see the recalibration happening. And you also said that the trusting is the hardest part. And I have to tell you that is the hardest thing ever, ever. <laughs> <laughs> just trusting it the I think a lot of people use the word surrender which sometimes that feels really scary to me but at the same time I think I understand because mm. it is just trusting. it's trusting the process trusting the timing and I think speaking from my experience it's it's a scary thing to trust to relinquish control and especially when you know we're talking about business and money and it's like mm. I have to, you know, I, I need to pay my bills. So yeah. how much do I trust and how much do I just power through and do things? And I, I, I don't know if, you know, you can, I'm sure you can speak to this a lot, but I, I feel like I, that's the ultimate challenge. I want to speak to it briefly because we're nearly on the hour, or not, not quite actually, uh, because your financial needs are always going to be met but maybe not the way you think. And that's how it works with business and intuition or intuition in business um, is that temporarily the money might come from not your business and that might like rub against your ego because your ego wants you to have the money in and, and not have to depend on a loan or this or that or the other, but ultimately you will get what you want. It's just a question of divine timing and trusting because I can see now back to the time when I wanted to be a best-selling author with my book that I wasn't ready for the best-selling author life. Mm. I can see it so clearly 10, 10 years, you know, hindsight is such a wonderful thing. So what I wanted wasn't really suited for what I needed. So I got what I needed, was what, which was a beautiful book that was actually acknowledged by, a, you know, um, a powerful agent as being professionally produced and amazing, which is something that, you know, as an author, it's probably the most important thing because I'm not a native speaker in English. I had never written a book. I didn't even want to write a book initially. <laughs> I'm like more of one of those reluctant authors, but it was important for me in, for my inner peace to know that actually it was worth me spending the time writing, that I had something valid to say and that I said it in a way that was receivable by readers rather than, you know, there's so many, everybody can write a book nowadays. And I think that writing a good book is really important for me. Yeah. So I did get what I needed, not what I wanted. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, I know that what I wanted would have been destructive for my life. So, but I can only see that with hindsight. But I can also tell you that my needs have always been met, even though my ego has not liked the way it was, if that makes any sense. Yeah. yeah. But I want to say as well, as entrepreneurs, even if we didn't use our intuition, entrepreneurship is always about experimenting, tweaking, learning the lesson, doing it again. So what intuition adds to the mix is just trusting yourself over experts. And that's really important because we're all here to create a business that works for us to start with where we yeah. serve the people that we're supposed to serve and we're not supposed to follow someone else's cookie cutter um, model, which a lot of people try to sell us. And I know that a lot for a lot of them, it's from a genuine place of I'm excited. I made it work for me. It can work for you, but I'm going to say, no, 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 no. It never works exactly for another person exactly like that because we're so different. 
we have different goals, we have different preferences, we have different clients, we have different business models, we have different skills. Like you, your zone of genius is to um, organize summits. I can see that because the quality of the summit you put together, um, I would say probably people wouldn't believe you that you've organized it in such a short period of time. I know my zone of genius, one of them is to write books. I can write books at fast speed that people actually are really good and people can't believe I've written it in such a short period of time. So we all have something that we can do that other people can't do. And even though I can do webinars and you can do webinars or you might be able to do a five-day challenge, it's not you, it's not how you operate. So you have to find through your intuition what is right for you. Yeah. And if I can almost feedback to you on, on your experience with your summit, it was your first summit and it was awesome. Imagine how the second one's going to look like <laughs> when you know better how to sell at the end of it, when you can refine your message and all that. So, the, and that's the entrepreneur in me that would say that, yeah. but it only happened because you followed your intuition. So this is such a powerful story as yeah. powerful as the first one I feel. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think it's, I just, I love that it's all about experimenting. And to me, yeah. intuition is so much part of that because why do we experiment? We experiment because we get, there's something that's like, oh, what about that? Yeah. Try it, get curious. And I mean, in my entrepreneurial journey, I have, you know, I mean, I think so many of us, you know, we see people online, maybe we work with different coaches, we do programs and some people have really resonated with me and some people really have not. And there are some, you know, some people are very strong. You have to do things this way. You have to do webinars because they're the highest converting and they are this and they are this and they'll give you all the facts. But if you sit down and you do, and I have done webinars, I don't mind them, but they just, there's nothing exciting about them. For exactly, me, you know? exactly. It's about the excitement. It's about yeah. the excitement. And I had yeah. the same thing. I get so excited doing my challenges and it might not work for someone else. It's the yeah. joy that we feel is as important as anything else. If we follow the joy, then we are way ahead of everyone else because people can feel it. Yeah. And it's, it's, um, it's a real magnet for other people. You know, how yeah. many people do you feel have joy in their business and, and spread the joy? Um, so that's... Oh, gosh, I'm loving this conversation. So I would like to know if you could share with our audience where people can find you um, and your wonderful summit, because the pass is still available for, for, for purchase, is it? Yeah? Yeah, yeah. The pass, the pass is still available. Um, so you can find me. My website is katieallen.co, nice and simple. And there's a, a work with me tab and the, the summit is, is in there. Um, and then I'm on um, social media, Facebook and Instagram, mostly just Katie Allen coaching. Okay. And you have a wonderful podcast as well. Oh, and I have a podcast. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and I have a podcast called Self Love Ignited. And um, it's where I interview women and talk to them about their stories of how they learn to love themselves. A wonderful podcast. That's actually how I found you, I think. Yeah, I think that is. I listened is to your it? podcast and I fell in love with it. Yeah. Definitely. and you are you are one day when I can pin you down you are going to be a guest on my podcast I would love that I would really <laughs> love that although just like you I don't feel I'm quite there but maybe I'm wrong maybe I'm wrong yeah my last question which I ask all my guests and I I love it is what would you say to someone who's afraid to use their intuition in their business experiment 
have fun with it. I think business can sort of be whatever we make it. And if you make it really very serious and very strict and very regimented, then that is what your life is going to be. But if you choose to get curious and have fun and experiment and follow your joy, like you said, you never know what you're going to find. And then that energy is going to go through your whole life. Really. Thank you so much, Casey. It has been such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. I want to also thank all our listeners for getting to the end of this uh, wonderful podcast as well. And I'll see you again for another episode soon. Bye for now. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Business Intuition Podcast. If you like this episode, make sure you subscribe, give us a rating, and if you haven't done it yet, write a review so that more listeners can enjoy this podcast. Don't forget to join my free group on Facebook, Business Intuition for Female Entrepreneurs, and go on to my website to download my free workbook on the four steps to trust your intuition in business. My website is theintuitionrevolution.co.uk.